0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not necessarily reflect the official position of the host, other guests, or any affiliated entities. Each participant is responsible for their own statements and opinions. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Another episode of High Trust Low Context, a long-form interview show that seeks to rebuild a high-trust society with low-context communication. And we're coming to you live from the base bunker here in the heart of South America, the beautiful, the luscious, the best country in the world, Paraguay. I'm your host, El Chaco, the most decorated wrestling manager in the entire Southern Hemisphere, and joining me tonight is a well-versed, humble, deacon of a non-denominational Protestant church from just outside of Richmond, Virginia. Maybe to the north, who knows? He's a husband, a father, and he's the host of A Flawed Man of God, a recurring nightly interactive Bible study YouTube channel for all us sinners out there trying to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. He's my good buddy for seven years now and counting, Mr. Stuart Davis. Welcome to the show, Stuart. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How's it going, sir? Ah, it's going all right. I'm, I'm happy that I've got power and I've got, uh, enough internet to be able to, uh, to, to get this thing rolling. So, uh, yeah, man, thanks for cutting your, uh, cutting your, your stream a little bit short just to be able to join us, uh, over here. I, I caught bits and pieces of it as I was setting up and, um, uh, for my audience out there, uh, when they show up, uh, they'll get to know a little bit more about Stuart because you were covering you were covering the book of Job. You've been doing that for the last few nights, apparently. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's uh, that's always a sticking point for a lot of people who are maybe coming into the faith. Uh, you know, when they get to Job, they're like, wow, you know, why God do bad things to good people, you know, and, and it's one of those things that uh, deserves the attention that you're giving to it. And I, I, I completely and totally, totally understand why, uh, you know, wh- why that one deserves the deep dive that you're giving it right now. But um, maybe tell us a little bit about your show and, uh, you know, how you, how, how you carry on over there. And, and welcome to uh, your, uh, your audience that's uh, followed you on over here tonight. And uh but yeah, give me a little bit give us a little plug about a flawed band of God. Sure, sure.
1: First off, thank you for having me on. Um, you know, I've been I've been excited about the prospect of us of streaming together again. Um those of you guys who are uh fans of of Mr. Chaco, uh he did do a show with me earlier. I think we were talking about the um the Fat Russia.
0: Up. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. That was the consecration of Russia. That, consecration uh, of Russia. We were did talking or didn't about. take place. We're, we're we're still in the gray area on that one. Uh, Remains but, uh... to be
1: seen. I'm proud of my. <laughs> I'm proud of my my uh, my my viewers, my folks in the chat who have shown up for me to uh, to watch this show. I, I know that it's going to be great. But um, to describe my channel is really, um, it's meant to be kind of a a casual and relaxed discussion of. Whatever uh, faith-based thing we're we're going over. now what the the project that we are going through right now is we're reading the Bible from cover to cover. We do about two chapters a night. We're doing it all in order. And uh, I started this back when I had less than thirty subs. Uh, our mutual friend, Mr. Rika, came on, and that that caused my channel to explode a fair amount. He's, and he's scheduled to come on to this one too, so I guess I should brace for impact. Eh? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a very good thing. It's a very positive thing. Um and and so that was around we were still in the Pentateuch at that point. We were in Leviticus, maybe Deuteronomy right at that point. you were in the grind. <laughs> yeah, we were in the grind. And but you know it what I found was it made the show so much better when you have Uh, A good back and forth between people who were either new to the Bible or um, hadn't read through the Bible, had been to church. You know, a lot of people go to church, and I don't think, and I don't, I like, and I will always speak for my own experience um, as a non-denominational, and try not to to delve into what goes on in like the Catholic Church because you are a Catholic. Uh, Chaco. this isn't
0: an this is just a, just a disclaimer to anybody who's coming in here from either side this isn't going to be one of those apologetics battles stew no. and i are on the same team <laughs> it's all
1: good i'm not a debate show guy anyway so i mean <laughs> that's, that's that that's not my interest in um something that our mutual friend uh raf has has said that i i i agree with he, we're just tired of the brother wars um and we just we we all know that we're all dealing with these these struggles um kind of it it feels like the same themes whenever we have a problem within our own denominations um they seem to have the same themes but i think that's a topic either for tonight or another topic maybe for
0: maybe for another one yeah we got lots to lots to cover tonight um actually i'll put the uh i'll put the 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 episode uh name on the screen here um so one of the thoughts that I had for talking to you, because we pitched a couple of ideas for uh, the, the the topics for tonight, and uh, I wanted to maybe talk about um, finding the good in a flawed world, and that can that can take us in a lot of directions. Okay, so that can either be you know just being an optimistic person, but that also can be things like how to discern what is good for you? What is bad for you? What is good for your kids? What is good for your family? Uh, those kind of things. And I know that you and I are both very proud fathers of our, of our, of our fam of our families. And, um, and in knowing that, that gives us kind of a, a good base to work with here in terms of, um, in terms of how we kind of seek out those, those things that are fruitful, you know, things that are good for you. And, um, Uh, Do you like in your family, actually, I I caught the beginning of one of your uh, more recent streams and you were talking a little bit about uh, you you started a little late, I think, because you were having a family game night or something like that. Was that is that something that you had? Yeah, we do that.
1: We do that weekly. In fact, it's like Fridays are kind of my off topic nights, but I haven't had a Friday stream in a while because, you know, Fridays are normally, you know, evenings where the kids it's not school night for the kids, especially during school you want to make sure, Hey, I'm going to stay up a little bit late when the show comes on at 8:30. that's bedtime for my oldest. So I right. put him to bed. Ours too. But this way I'm like, I'm not feeling like any type of stress that I need to start at my normal pro- time. I can just, Hey, if I feel like streaming on Friday, I can, or if I just want to relax, then, you know, and, and just make sure that I spend with the time, time with the kids. So,
0: well, that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, um i was reading so well when i'm down here uh because it's all in spanish right and like my spanish is okay but it 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 has a lot to it, it has a lot to to improve upon and one of the things that i find most difficult and and actually like on your sunday on your sunday one of the most important parts of the sunday is the sermon right it's the it's the when we you know yeah there's the fellowship and yeah there's getting everybody together but like we're there to also learn and so, one of the things that I've found helpful for me, because you know, I try, we try so hard. My Spanish is decent enough; I can tell if it's a good homily or a bad homily. And and uh, you know, it's. But you know, somebody somebody's kids crying in the back, which is a good thing. If 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 if, if your church is crying and ain't dying, right? And yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, if we if I, if the problem with Spanish and English is that if I lose a bit, like I'm trying to fill in the gaps a lot when I'm, when I'm learning in, in, in Spanish. And so <clears throat> I'll end up having times where I'm like, you know, like 30% there, 50% there in, in following along, along with the homily. And then I just lose it. It's just not there. I, I can't keep up with it. So I actually bought um a book and it's uh it's the, it's, the, it's a Sunday sermons of St. Alphonsus Liguori, who is one of my favorite, favorite saints. And so what I can do, because because I go to the Latin mass, we follow a one year calendar, a one year liturgical calendar. So my missile actually goes well, my missiles from 1945, but uh, it, it's it's in line with the 1962, which is what the church that we go to uh, follows. And so the readings are the same. And so the Gospels the same, the uh, epistles are the same. And so what's great about it is, is that I can read that and then I can, <clears throat> I can pull open what St. Alphonsus Liguori was saying on that exact same Sunday, you know, in his time. And one of the more recent ones that I read was talking about, uh, well, it was talking about the end and what it meant by the end was our end. So always keeping our end in sight. And it in it he actually talked about where there's too many fathers out there because you, you your your job is to work on the eternal good right to to work you know we can talk about finding all the good that's down here on the in, in the material world, but to find that to to work to strive towards the eternal good because if you if you lose that, then what do you got? you got nothing right and so <clears throat> what he was talking about was that there's a lot of fathers in his time. That would say, you know, they, they would be working their butt off to try to provide for their family. And the gospel reading of last Sunday was uh, from the book of Matthew. And it's the, you know, be not anxious. You know, uh, the birds don't have to worry about what they have to eat. God provides for them. Consider the, the birds. The, the flowers. Yeah. Yeah. And so what he's what he says in there is, is like, look, like your job as a father is to provide. You're there to teach. You're there to protect. But don't lose sight of the eternal good. And so in, in this regard, he was saying there's far too many fathers out there that are like, no, I have to work my, I have to work my butt off to provide for my, for my, for my children. And he, he answers that by saying, well, yeah, but don't do so in a sinful way. Don't, don't lose your soul just to provide the best that you can for your family, because God will provide for your children. And actually he also provided, I think it was uh, one of the Psalms that says that the that uh, the seed of the just man will be provided by provided for, for by God. I'm paraphrasing. I'm I'm I, I'm not I'm not a Bible verse memorizer, but um, uh, I think it's really great that uh, you know we can have these kind of discussions. Even like that's the beautiful beautiful thing about Christendom is that we have the ability to go back to these church fathers, to go back to these great minds, these great thinkers, we can stand on the shoulders of giants, so to speak, and we can actually hear what they had to say about these same readings. And one of the things that I liked about what you were just doing with the book of Job just now before is you can tell that you've, 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 this isn't your first kick at this. This isn't your first time reading Job. And so obviously anytime that somebody reads something like the book of Job, who to any of these listeners or, or people who are, uh, maybe not, you know, not fully into the, into their faith who haven't read the Bible yet. Um, Job's a Job's a toughie, right? Job, Job's a real toughie. And, um, maybe you can kind of give us a little bit of a rehash then about like, cause you were, you were right at the spot where you were talking about where his friends were kind of standoffish, you know, there, there's always that 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 thinking in in Job, which is like, you know, from his friends and from all of his contacts, you must have done something. You must have done something wrong, and that's kind of not how God works. And we've seen that so many times, uh, in in uh, in I forget which gospel it was, where Jesus heals the blind man, and they the Pharisees were asking about his parents, like what you know what what sins did they do to make him blind, and so that that idea still permeated in that time and a lot of times people fall for that and um maybe you can kind of talk a little bit more about what what job's observations was when he was going through that that period or am i putting you on the spot a little too much
1: no not at all um i mean i think first of all i think think the the book of job is a book that as christians we should oftentimes turn towards not just i mean not going to take anything away from the gospels. Right. Because the gospels have plenty for us to pour over when it comes to talks about suffering and and how, you know, that's 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 part of that's part of the life, right? You're you know, things of this world are not guaranteed to you. But Job is so detailed and open about basically when the world just comes crashing down on a man. Who is by all by God's account righteous and blameless. And yeah. how he and
0: there has There aren't to too be, many of those in the Bible, by the way. Like no. there's not too many guys we can say that about in the Bible. No. So, and, yeah.
1: and I mean this uh, this is a guy that God is basically bragging about to the devil. So this guy gets it. He under <laughs> he he knows what I expect. Out of my out of my people, Shining and he doesn't, or at least yep. he does it as as best as one can expect. He meets expectations, <laughs> and um, but what's taken from Job is you know any parent's nightmare, right? Yeah. Oh. and then added on top of that, your wealth, your health, your wife has lost her faith, your friends are abandoning you. I said that the, the, the I, one of the things I said is maybe they should have considered calling this book not Job but the Trials of Job or the Trial of Job because Job is That's going a through one. a trial, being tested, and he's also at least at this point in the book because we're about we're we're in the, the first quarter we're still in the first quarter of the book or. Yeah, it's just coming it, out of the first quarter. It's a quarter doozy book.
0: too, because it doesn't end the way you expect, you know. And it, yeah, uh,
1: but um, it takes some turns. You have to read the whole thing, right? <laughs> or you can just skip to the end, right? And then you lose all the <laughs> you lose all the lessons. But um, he's also at this point when his his friends are basically putting their two cents worth in, and they don't know a daggone thing about what's going on. Um, he says he, he's basically being put on trial by his friends for no better reason than they just want to say their piece either in front of God or to comfort themselves or whatever. And maybe that's is, maybe they're saying this because they need to hear it themselves because they don't want to believe that you can be righteous and still be punished in the way (laughs) completely Um, Satan does a very thorough job putting Job through the ringer. Oh yeah. Yeah. But he he hits him at every angle. And this is, Sorry, Joel. Um, Go ahead. No, this is Please. this is kind of where you see a lot of atheists use. I because who would love a god who would do to something do to Job what he
0: did, and that's well, it's that whole yeah, yeah. If, if 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 you know if God good, why do bad things to good men? You know, like it's, right, it's and super or even, simplified, and
1: even if he's real, I, or it goes back to the I I can't follow a god who will send people to internal damnation. It's it's a big thing um, that some folks just can't understand. And I don't think they really study Job well enough or talk to people well enough. If a Christian has difficulty with Job, I'm not going to question their Christianity. What I will say is you need to talk to somebody about it and get the perspective that's try, that's being conveyed so that you better understand it because Job can be – a place where you go to heal when you were going through trying times. And it's been that way for me and helped me um, as I've gone through my own failings or just bad things happening. And I haven't gone through anything anything near the nightmares that I know that people have, that that people I know, friends that I've
0: have, have gone through. Well, and actually it's interesting because like for some people coming to the faith, Job is the starting book and, and, and that seems weird to some people. And it's, I, I don't recommend it as the starter for, for most people, like I'm heavy. saying like <laughs> 99%, but I remember like when my, so uh, a shout out to my father, Greg, who is in hospital tonight. Um, uh, and he, he's a strong man, great faith. He's, he's in hospital again. Uh, any prayers we can uh, solicit from from the crowd tonight for, for Greg in hospital would be great. Uh, he is recovering from pneumonia and an infection that nearly killed him two nights ago. And we've had a few of these kind of real big scares and these kind of moments really draw well they, they, they certainly you know they, they'll, they'll snap you to attention real quick. Uh, when my when I was coming back to the faith in 2017, um, you know, my 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 dad was outside of the church. He wasn't really a practicing Catholic at that time. Um, but we had that long conversation, you know. And it's that whole thing of you know when it's that whole cast your cares on on him, you know. And and my dad was saying at the time, our, I'll never forget it. We were at the dinner table, and he says to me, you know, because I, I, we noticed there was an anger, there was an anger, and there was an anger because he was suffering. He has a, a multiple sclerosis. And so, you know, he's lost over the years, his ability to walk a lot of a lot of ability to do a lot of different things. And it's a it's a humbling experience. It's a long drawn out, humbling experience. I mean, Job was a man of great wealth, of great importance. Um, My dad was very successful in his career. He was, you know, doing really well in in his work. Um, But then, you know, the walls came crashing down the economy went down. He was in oil and gas, oil and gas in Canada started going to, 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 uh, uh, to the crapper. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden this, this strong man was our provider was the rock of the family is all of a sudden reduced to someone who needs the help of others. And there's that question that always goes through his mind of like, you know, at that time, why, you know, why, right. You know, why? And, I remember, I'll never forget it. Cause he said, you know, I, I, I said sometimes like, man, you know, you really come across as angry sometimes with this and I don't think it's helping you. And, you know, he said, I have all this anger and I don't know where to put it. And, you know, I, I said to him, like, give it to him, right? Like not, don't be angry at him, but give it to him. Like ask him why ask him for help. And, you know, y- you'll, you'll find your answers. And so when he went back to the church, you know, most people. Because for me, when I was coming back, and it was it was John, right? Like the the first the first thing I dove, dove into was the book of John, and still to this day, hands down my favorite gospel. I know all of them are great. John's my favorite. But um, with my with my dad, his spiritual director looked at what he was going through, and he said, "Here you go. What's this, Job? <laughs> like that's like not." That's not a starter. That's not a starter for most of us, but for him, it works. This isn't a starter car. This is a finisher car. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it, it it's interesting because that was a few years back, and now he is our strongest prayer warrior. And you know, uh, we were getting the updates, and being this far away from from your family, and you know, my my family's in in Canada. I'm down here in Paraguay. I'm I'm two days away at best from being able to get back if, if something goes awry. So constantly just following what's going on, what's going on. We're like, give me updates, give me updates. And one of the things that touched me the most. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people out there when it comes to the faith, one of their toughest parts that they have with it is uh, what happens after we die. Right? Like, I'm just like, what's what, what, what's it all about? What, what happens after we die? And we've heard all types of stories of people with their post post-death experiences or their near death experiences. And they come back and they give different tales of different things that are going on. But one of the things is, is that uh, in our belief, there's merit in suffering, right? And, and Paul says that himself. He's, Paul says, you know, we are to suffer with Christ in Christ. And so, you know, when you kind of, when you, i I hate to use the word commodify that, but when you realize that there is a, a almost a currency in suffering and and what I mean by that is i mean you know Christ suffered on the cross for us and and because he was sinless, of course because he 's jesus, but like because he 's sinless, you know full well that his suffering was unjustified, right, and unjust suffering is like is like skyrocketed value of Merited suffering, the uh, suffer, merit and suffering. So what's interesting with, with my dad is in these updates that I was getting, you know, he, he told my mom flat out, like, I, I, I was as close as I've ever come. I was as close as I've ever come as, as he can remember, you know, the, the breathing changed. I mean, cause if you've ever been around anybody who has, if you've ever been in the room with somebody when they passed away, it is a surreal experience. It's unlike, I've only had that happen once. My, my mother-in-law, I was there when she passed away. It, it was, it's, it's indescribable. It's indescribable. You can't really, you can't possibly describe it to the point that somebody could completely gain something from it. Right. Uh, Like to actually know what it's like. But in his case, what, what gave me solace was that he said, I came really close, but I felt no fear. I felt complete peace. And so, you know, you know that you're getting somewhere, you know, especially if you're somebody like him who, who was diagnosed in, it was, I believe 2007 two, 2007 or 2008, he was diagnosed with MS and we've been just watching this just gradual decline of all of his faculties just boop, 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 boop. but this is a man who's been suffering for that entire time, but doing it with dignity, doing it with respect, doing it like knowing full well that God has a plan for him and that God loves him enough that he's not making him suffer for nothing. And so, you know, one of the things that was interesting was um, one of these things that was really interesting for, for him is just how much he's come around in those years, just how much that he's gotten a better perspective on you know what is this life? What is the life to come? What are we working towards? And so when I wanted to come in with this, with this, um, with this topic of finding good in a flawed world, like I, while we know everybody knows somebody who's suffering with some sort of really bad disease, really bad condition, really bad scenario you know like people who've lost their homes people who've lost their jobs people who've lost parents themselves everybody's suffering in their own way but what is worth delving into is despite all that where do we where do we latch on to what do we latch on to that is good and and how do we find that and how do we kind of rise above this this evil world i mean because it really is an evil world we are living in evil times. <laughs> so, Well, so
1: one of the things that and – and I rail against this even though I'm on it all the time – is social media. It surrounds us with things that will give us despair. Um, we're constantly hearing about the worst that's going on. When you unplug from it, there is generally – a sense of relief. You might not feel it. You just, you might not like be able to recognize that it's happened. And, but then you look back and you're like, Hey, I feel pretty good when I go on vacation or when I'm hanging out with friends that I know, um, that aren't, that aren't as obsessed with what they see or don't care to look at stuff online. And we're just living in the moment of our own community. Um, it's easy it's easy to see the good that's there it's one of those things stop and smell the roses Absolutely. you got to stop focusing on if you if you stop watching the 24-hour news cycle and all this other stuff and and yeah it's good to be aware of what's going on in the world around you big picture wise and mm-hmm. see the things that you have to keep an eye out for and be watchful for well we got to be wise as
0: serpents and peaceful as doves right like we have to yeah. kind of Know what the bad guy's doing at times while you're hyper-focus on it.
1: It doesn't require you to be watchful 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's just stuff to keep in the back of your mind. Play with your kids if you've got them. Have a good time with friends and understand that there are good moments. And some people probably live in a pretty crappy situation, And maybe they don't have many friends or any friends, or maybe they've got, you know, they just haven't had much success in life and there's not much for them to lean back on, lean on. And that's a hard place to go. Um, And that's a hard place for me to speak to because that hasn't been my experience. But from my experience, which I think is a relatively normal um, American experience, is... That I have family, I have friends outside of social media, offside of Twitter, Facebook, and all that stuff, and living in that world, going to a soccer game, coaching kids, you know, seeing that innocent, you know, helping helping the youth develop, um, and just taking a step back, enjoying beauty for what it is, and. You know, maybe maybe I just live in a in a nice slice of paradise uh, compared to everybody else. But that's the only perspective I can give for people. Somebody in my position shouldn't be resigned to uh, to doom and gloom. When well, there's what pl-
0: there's plenty around if you want to find it. And I mean, it's like where you put your attention matters. So if you if you hyper focus on all that's bad and like i like that you brought up about the fact that people can get despair and that is that is a that is a real thing you know in in terms of like for a catholic definition of despair it's it's not like as we normally think of the word despair despair is to like almost give give up like you have no hope of salvation right that you have no hope anymore and and it's it's the death of hope it's almost a, it's a sin in 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 our case because it's almost like you're you're doubting god you're doubting his ability to to again to to feed the birds and clothe the flowers and 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 take care of you right and and <clears throat> what is interesting to me is what what's gone on in the last couple of years so you brought up about friends and you brought up about how important friendships are and You know, I've gone back through the years here and I've, you know, I've gained a lot of friends. I've lost a lot of friends and you you can lose a lot of friends on like stuff that doesn't matter, right? You can lose a lot of friends on stuff that in the grand scheme of things totally doesn't matter. You know, if it's, if it's politics at the end of the day, yeah. Okay. You know, like we can have some like hard lines in the sand about, about certain about certain things like when does, when, when does life begin? Uh, we can, we could have, you know, discussions about rates of taxation and all that kind of stuff. Rates. But of at the theft. end of the day, what's that? Sorry. Rates of theft. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Who's going to build the roads. Um, <laughs> but the thing that I, the thing that I really have learned over the last little bit is, is, how much time I've wasted in a good portion of my life. So you and I are both hockey fans, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you know, you, you are in a hockey pool. I was in hockey pools for many years. Um, I broke into my career writing about hockey. So I'm a professional writer. Um, My first paid uh, article was not hockey, but it was, it was street basketball. But it was sports, and I really liked sports. And when I was growing up, you know, I, I thought of sports as uh, a great display of focus and ability and perseverance. I mean, sports teaches you a lot of things, especially team sport. You know, uh, I will never forget times out on the baseball field on the pitcher's mound melting down completely melting down couldn't hit the plate if my life depended on it got the shanks real bad couldn't 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 throw a strike walk the bases loaded walk two more runners in and just the the terror and the please pull me do just get me out of here feeling but then you know being left in and getting yourself out of the jam and having the help of your teammates You know, maybe getting a nice double play that pulls you out and you get that camaraderie that can come from 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 sports. And so I value that. But in this aftermath of, you know, all that's gone down, all the lockdowns, you know, one of the first things that really hurt was seeing my very favorite team, the Calgary Flames, going out ahead of the government before it was even mandated and saying nobody without a vaccine can enter the games you know? And in my thoughts, I was like, man, we've supported you for this long. And that's like, you're really like, you're really going to do that. And they, they went ahead and they did that and it hurt. But then I thought about it and I was like, you know, like, why is, why is all this stuff happening? I can't, I can't enjoy most Hollywood movies anymore. Cause they're all like completely antithetical to my beliefs. And my values and I, and I'm not entertained by them as much anymore. Now I can go back and find good stuff, but what's coming out now, I have a real difficult time with, but I could say, why is this all happening? Like, you know, there's an episode of South park where Stan All of a sudden, he starts hearing everything as like the sound of a fart, like a a fart noise. And like he's listening to the radio and all he hears is this this loud fart noise. And then, you know, he's watching television and everything's just fart noise and everything's just crap to him. And literally, you know, it's tough for him. And that's kind of what we're going through in some ways here where it's like, I I can't enjoy any of this. I was. Go ahead.
1: They're very much trying to to attack our escapism because the, the producers of so much of our escapism are for lack of a better term, godless. Mm. Um, they've got an axe to grind against specifically Christian Christians. religions and faith. Yeah. Um, it's an easy target. Uh, you know we pay, you know all the all the interdenominational jokes aside, I, what I say is Catholics have got the biggest target on their back because they're the biggest organization right yep they've and they've had and through some missteps through their they through some, through, some own
0: goals yeah <laughs> from
1: from up top, there have been mm-hmm. some missteps in handling things and maybe getting people to understand things things um been a punching bag, and now it's like, oh no, that's just a den of sexual predators or the den of um of hypocritical sanctimonious people. Who just want to oppress uh, folks, other folks that they think are, are lesser than them as well, opposed we hyper
0: to hyper focus. We hyper focus on the worst of them. And I'm not excusing the worst of them at, by any means. That's I the newsiest can't. part of it. But and yeah. I don't and I, but I don't think that that that's why they attack. I think they that's
1: that's their in. Right. Because well, they know it, that that's good. It's like, it you sells, know, it law and order, law and order special victims unit uh, episode episode. And what every third episode probably is, is some, some religious or socially conservative person doing that. And sports has been for a long time a place where you didn't really see that. For me, um, football had grown, had been grown to be my favorite sport. Um, And I'd love to, I mean, I'm just a big, um, I have a lot of, (laughs) I have many, many teams that I follow. One of them was the 49ers, a Joe Montana fan. um, Jerry Rice, Ronnie Rice grew up, loved them to death. And it sucked when, you know, the whole Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick thing happened. That's when I dropped out of football. It's when I, well, I left twice in the, (laughs) around the the 2000s era, era, when you left, when you had less Jerry Rice's, you know, the quiet professionals out there. And you had more uh, of the Randy Moss and the Tory Holt, the, the loud uh, Terrell Owens, loudmouth divas. It takes away from that enjoyment. I like, I enjoy sports for the for the spectacle, for the spectacle of the athleticism and the focus and the talent and the uh, suspense of the game and who's going to win and that kind of stuff. I don't need to see all the all the theatrics after the play, because you think you're great because, you know, that's the joke. You know, you see somebody get a first down and they make this big pose and they do the first down. It's just like, yeah, dude, that's your job. Right. (laughs) No, I don't get up every time I click an email and go sit, you know, it's like, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, this. you're getting paid millions of dollars. Act like you've been there before. And just let me, let me, let me be excited for you. And I understand being excited after a big play or something, but you've got that, so I left, and then I came back because it seemed to, it, it seemed to have kind of t- become more tame. But then that happens again, and then it's again, it's sports is supposed to be someplace where we can all just put aside, you know, the background noise and the things that that separate us, and this is the the unifying thing. We all unify behind a team, or we unify behind a rivalry, like you know, Red Sox and the Yankees fans. You know, they don't care about. Whether they're black and white, or they're they're liberal, republic, or liberal or conservative, or whatever they care that they're Yankees fans or Red Sox fans, and that's that's you know that's what they're they're arguing over. Mm-hmm. That's the, well, that's a the, tale un- as old as time,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's,
1: that's the unifying thing there. But and now it's like, okay, well, let's add the political piece, and it's like, okay, well, now you've now you've made this not enjoyable and not enjoyable for a significant amount of people. Are you? And I think these folks are happy that they have corrupted this, um, you know, this, this, this piece of entertainment for us. And, you know, and I, am glad that the, you know, baseball still has its problems. I'm a big baseball fan. And the reason I like baseball is escapism is because we're such a fast society. You know, it's it's all, we're always on the go. We've got a, we've got a, we've got a full schedule and everything. Baseball's, Baseball's an intentionally slow uh, process. Didn't they just block.
0: introduce a, a pitch clock though, like a shot clock or they something? They did, like
1: that? and yeah. I like it because it it does take some of the unnecessary weight behind it. Because right. back in the seventies, the the average game lasted about two and a half hours. Last year, before they in, they instituted the game, it was like three hours and five minutes. So thirty five extra minutes of ball of batters you know adjusting their gloves and pitchers you know you know um adjusting their their cup and and grabbing themselves and all that stuff and snot rocketing (laughs) all over the place you know it's just like let's let's focus on that part it's you know you want to go in there but the pace is there is no time there's no time clock there it's you have three outs in nine innings Each team has three outs for nine innings, or however many it takes to
0: win. And it could go an infinite number of innings. In
1: in theory, it can go on forever, right? There's a
0: there's a book written by WP Kinsella called The Iowa Baseball Confederacy, and it's about a game that's stuck in extra innings that has it's into like the millionth inning or something like that. People are dying and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) It's great. But you know, it and I like that. Actually, what I used to say about baseball was It's hanging out at the park with your friends and then it's hanging out at the park with your friends while having something to look at, something to do. And so going back to, you know, losing those kind of things like sports and shows and and all that kind of stuff, isn't it kind of nice that we've, the veil's been lifted a bit to show you that maybe we've been wasting a little bit of time you know, when it comes on like, you know, video games and stuff like that. So when I'm picking up video games for my for my son, you know, we go we look them up and we try to make sure that they're not like super degenerate. And there's a lot of them that are. Yeah. But I, I like it because the thing is, is that you know, I look at the amount of times when I was growing up, like how many games I completed, you know, how many how many times, I how many hours I spent at friends like, you know, sleepover birthday parties and all this kind of stuff. Like playing video games for hours and hours and hours and ranking up your level of your character and doing all this kind of stuff. And for what? And for what? Really? Like wh- what are you gaining from it? I'll I talk to like my I, I talk to my kids and I try to say to them, we have to ask ourselves, are you a net producer or a net consumer? Right? I think that's a I think that's something we should always be asking ourselves. You know, are we constantly consuming the products of other people? And other organizations, or are we putting something out there ourselves? So when it comes to, you know, when you talk about friendships, like, do you have a lot of friends? Are you making new friends? Are you strengthening your friendships with with your friends that you do have? Social capital is one of the most important things on the the planet. And I don't think a lot of people really, truly value what it is.
1: And are those friendships constructive or are they toxic? Because, and this is what I say, you know, the friends that I hang out with, you know, I have a, I have a core group of friends. It's three families. We hang out every weekend. That's awesome. Pretty much. We go on vacation together. It's, uh, you know, all, there's eight kids now between, between the three families. Um, That's awesome. And and they they all, like, in the same
0: age grouping, kind of? Well,
1: it's funny because it's like, there's, there's one that's, that's older than the rest. And then how it's going to go so they'll graduate and then there will be a few years and then it's literally going to be each year one's going to be graduating from high school every year until the second to until um, the, sec- the second to last when that one graduates then there's a big gap and then my youngest who was just born um, right
0: congratulations had- again <laughs> by the way thank That's you so cool
1: appreciate it but um, <laughs> you know, we met we all got connected through church and it ends up being kind of a small group and when we hang out with our larger friend group it's folks that we go to church with we spend our we our life kind of orbits around our faith and we're kind of hanging around each other while we're all doing that and so it helps us when we have problems if what what happened to job happened to one of us We would rally around that person. Absolutely. Right? Or rally around that family Mm -hmm. and and try to love on them and support them because we don't want to see someone drift. We don't want to point the finger and go, what did you do wrong? You need to make it better. We want to help them rehabilitate and not lose their faith because nothing is worse than seeing somebody walk away.
0: And that that, like that has happened in, in the last few years, there's been people that have kind of looked at this situation and gone, you know, it's too much. And they kind of tap out and, and they, they, they drift away. I mean, the lockdowns were damaging because what they did is it kept us from wanting to kept us from hanging out with one another, you know, but for some people, right. So, up in Calgary, when when I was still there, there was a hard lockdown at one point in time where you couldn't have more than a gathering of like you couldn't have more than five people in a house unless it was the, the residents of the house. You couldn't have more than five people. And so and then they would go around and the police had actually have scanners that could see phones and phone signals. So they know if there's like 12 or 20 people in one place like they'll they'll know. So we started doing clandestine poker nights. We, you know, we'd know where to go. You'd look it up old school. You look up the map without going to your Google Maps. You drive <laughs> to the person's house. It was snowy. So we'd actually walk in each other's footprints up the stairway to the person's house so that you're not making new footprints. You get inside.
1: Was it that level of, of yeah. um, it was. ratting it each was. other out that you had to it worry was. about that stuff?
0: Yeah. The neighbors were ratting each other out all the time, all the time. Oh, and, We, you know, you walk in, you open the door, you quietly go in, you put your phone into a coffee can and we'd sit down and play poker. And I'll tell you, man, I don't even like poker that much, but I loved poker night. I absolutely loved poker night. It was my, it was me and my, it was all Catholic buddies that we all met from, you know, from church and, and, or through friends of friends from church, but we were all like Catholics from different parts of the city, but it was awesome. And we actually had some prominent people there. I I can't name their names yet, but like one of them is a, a prominent Canadian uh, figure who who was coming there. And, uh, you know, he was, you know, he's well-versed in the law. So he was telling us, you know, uh, what we needed to do to not get in trouble. And then he, he would just sit there and rail about it.
1: Well, you just need to be a politician to do that. I mean, our governor closed the campgrounds, closed the beaches and everything. And then because my wife knew, of a neighbor of his that he had at a beach house in North Carolina, just south of here. And he just, he would go there on the weekends and he would go be at his beach house and that's, oh, and do whatever he wanted to out there. Lucky him. And that, yeah, lucky him. I mean, it, it, and that's, <laughs> that's one of a million other stories that everybody's got, you know, the guy folks who were pushing those lockdowns. Well, and yeah, but the, it made us, Premier... lazy. it made us as Christians in our faith, lazy or many of us, lazy because it's like oh i'll just tune in i'll just tune in And, and that was the hard part
0: something. yeah because we do these live streams and it's just it's not the same it's not the same <laughs> it's it's not the same at all absolutely not the same. and i you know it's sad because i left before it really kind of opened back up again uh because it took more months before it got back open again but like it, you know what was nice was when i got down here and then we found our church down here and it was like we just slid right in it was these are our people. None of them got the jab, right? None of them. None of them were wearing masks at, at at the at mass, and and you know we all had something to say about what was going on. But we, it actually for some of us strengthened our faith because, you know, we're told right at the beginning like they're going to hate you because of me, and uh, you know Jesus says they'll, they'll hate you because of me, and you got to be in the world but not of the world, and uh, and and you know you, you see these things these. I mean, for lack of a better term, these idols crashing, right? So you know, I I used to lo- I grew up loving Star Wars, and then Disney bought it, and I knew and it was going to suck. it, and it got, and it and it sucked. Um, you know, I I know people who well, uh, the last guest uh, that we had in the first episode was uh, Tabbert, and he's a huge Star Trek guy, but he won't watch any of the new Star Trek stuff because it's garbage. It and but it's it's kind of beautiful because all that time we spent watching those things. And and most of the new stuff too, is just constantly like rehashing old ideas. There's not a lot of new ideas. There's nothing new under the sun as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, but like it is, it is, it's, it's fascinating to watch because my focus on these things, I used to, I used, I used to get cable just to watch the Calgary flames and I'd watch them, you know, at three, four nights a week, you know, I was like, put the kids to bed and I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm watching two, three hours of hockey for what, like, what did I gain out of that? I mean, I can recall good goals here and there, but they don't matter. They don't. And so that's why I like shows like your, 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 your YouTube channel is because that's that's actually a good use of people's time. That's good content. You are a producer, not consumer, but you're also sharing its fellowship. So you're you're there. Like you said, the stream and having all those people together is a it it, it, it means something. You get something out of it. And so yeah, and,
1: and I tell people, look, this is as much this is as edifying to me as it is to or maybe more edifying to me than it is to maybe the the, the viewers, because I'm getting out of this. I'm learning from what the chat is saying. I'm having respond. I'm. Instead of just reading to myself, I'm reading to other people. So I'm having to think, while I'm reading this, how do I explain this to somebody who may have never heard this before? What is going on? And that's what I like about reading from the beginning to the end because it's contextual. You understand more about what's going on. Maybe not – Job's kind of a standalone, but when we're in Chronicles and Kings and that kind of stuff, um, you know – What's been happening, and then when we go into the prophets and when they are prophesying during these different times of the of the kingdom, you understand what's been going on, how evil has Israel has been acting, how how far they've lost their way.
0: What's interesting is actually I prepared ahead of time um, a uh, <laughs> I prepared ahead of time a um, a quote from one of those prophets. Um, Isaiah, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it in here. Give me a second here. There we go. So I always look to this one because this one resonates with me at this time. This is Isaiah 5:20, and I picked the uh, NIV because uh, you're 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 my you're the my NIV. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for those who are just listening, it is uh, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter man are we going through that right now eh? i mean like it's it's it really throws me off sometimes when you're looking and you're going they they're defending those actions and they're, they're condemning those actions this doesn't All make right. any sense
1: well that's the big that's the big spot where you just sit and you go oh, okay <laughs> you know i guess i guess we're doing this but what we're trying to do is get past that right we're looking for good in the world as well. And that's what politically it is me my my what I feel like my maturing in my faith has changed my political sense. Where I still have a political opinions. I still have very I want to say deep convictions in my political beliefs. But now I but I have to say at some point I'm like I believe that this is what's right and this was what should be but ultimately it is what happens to us as a society is going to happen, and it does. It read that doesn't matter so much as am I being faithful to God? Am I being there for my fellow man when he needs me? Am I doing what I need to do for my community and my church and my family? Am I stand if I am I there for them, even while the whole world is fall feels like it's falling apart around us? Because you, I can you, read is. Especially reading from – reading about Israel and Judah, there's so many parallels of how they act and how they forget about uh, forget about God and how they put up false idols. Whether it's political things or it's abortion or it's – my pastor years ago did a great sermon when Baal becomes Baal. When you know your kid's sports on Sundays, or your kid's sports become more consuming to you, that that they take away from your obligations, that you in in your in your spiritual health. It's, um, you, you know we, we have these idols that we have put up instead of God. Like you said, well, it, maybe getting maybe these things crashing around right now. This makes us walk away from them and appreciate the more important things.
0: You can understand, too, when you're reading the Bible that this isn't our first rodeo. These things have happened. They've, they've, they're they cyclical. Not like, not like we talk about types in the Bible or prefigurements in the Bible. I had another one drawn up here, and I'm going to put it up on the screen here for us. And this is, uh, I'm going to my Bible this time, uh, the Douay Rames. <laughs> but we both have Isaiah 3 in our Bibles. And I always point to Isaiah 3 because I think this one really hammers home, at least what we were going into the, into the lead up of these things. And uh, so, for behold, the sovereign, the Lord of hosts, shall take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the valiant and the strong, the whole strength of bread and the whole strength of water. Well, right there in that first opening line, we've, we've got all of our strong men, all of our all of our manly men, our, our, our leaders taken away from us. Whole strength of bread. Well, our food is garbage. Our whole strength of our water. I mean, you know, there was just a study not that long ago talking about the, the permanent, the forever plastics in bottled water. You know, and I've heard many a stand up comic make fun of bottled water. But when you start realizing, like, hey, man, actually, this is this is actually really not good for you to be drinking too much bottled water. And we do it because we're we're busy. We're out and about. We got lots to do. Um, But it it says too here, it's like, look at this. It says "Um, the strong man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet, the cunning man and the ancient, the captain over 50 and the honorable and countenance. And the counselor and the architect and the skillful and eloquent speech like we're, all those are gone. Like we don't have good writers anymore. We have no good leaders anymore. I mean, you know, you you look at uh, Trudeau or you look at Biden and we're not getting any of these, in, these speeches that are going to really inspire us as a country or, or as a people. That's just not that's those days are that we're not in those days. Those are not our days. There's no this is King I get,
1: David's. No, There's no, no, King no. David's, you know, rising up and, and taking over. I mean, even, you know, you know, the folks who are fans of Trump, you know, and I voted for him and I liked him for what he was fulfilling that role for. But he's yes. not he, he's not a, uh, a champion of Christian values and the Christian struggle. He's not he's not really looking out for us. He's he's pragmatic about it. He's he understands what we want and is acting as a populist would. So, he's good at marketing. He's, he's good, good at marketing, marketing. <laughs> and but look yeah. and but it, you know, and then aside from him look you're talking about the effeminate shall rule over them. I mean, politicians yeah. in general that we see in in DC, they're not they're not guy, guys or gals that we would um that we really want to um, model our life after they're deeply corrupted and deeply compromised people. And they don't care to, to
0: lie to us all the time. And no, because it serves them, right? Like, I mean, they live by the lie. They, they're, they're the father of lies, the devil. (laughs) Like, I mean, they're wasting away in
1: these uh, literally wasting away in these, in these, Offices that are not that weren't Intended to be what they are Look at biden man's clearly what Got McConnell lately? mitch mcconnell Yeah you know he's, he's, he's having a hard time You look at um what was uh, Who's the who's the guy The lady the senator out in california Pal- Pelosi no uh, No uh, um Feinstein Feinstein yes Diane yeah. Feinstein I mean, yeah. these they, they are The crypt keepers in yeah. there, thanks, yeah. Um They look. I mean, they are dying and rotting away in these offices. There's no. There's no. Com, com, there's no compulsion there for them. You know, maybe I've made my money, and you know, I've done. I've done my work. I'm going to pass this on. It's time for somebody else to take over. No, well, there's
0: no humility they like, either. Though.
1: They No, there's none of that. There's there's that. And this is where I get upset. But this is this is what we were told was going to happen. This is what God told Samuel to tell us. I I harp on that all the time on my show. We know this is why we have what we have. God gave us a blueprint for what we're supposed to do things and act as a society. We wanted a king. We wanted human rulers. We got human rulers. And guess what? They're miserable people (laughs) to be around.
0: To be fair, to be fair. We've had some good kings and queens there in history. We've had a few, right? We've had a few good kings and queens that have done some really good things. Uh, maybe I look at this differently. But was it I come worth from it? Li- well, Does, no, it was a, it little, late. Wasn't. It, it yeah. was a little late. Uh,
1: it's good. Ten percent of the time, five percent of the time.
0: Hey, hey, there's no there's no there, there's not a single Catholic saint that was uh, that was an elected president or prime minister. But we got a whole whack of kings and princes and queens. So but I hear what you're saying. Like, like. I got to stop saying like so much. <laughs> um, the, the, the we are in strange times. And yet at the same time, you know, it's that whole thing about, you know, the, the old cliche of. Bad times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create bad times. We're right in that one. We're at the bottom of the circle on that one right now. And it was interesting because we had a, a chat in our we were in our discord earlier today and somebody was pointing out about, you know, God bless those people on YouTube Teach me all these things about plumbing and home repairs and all those kind of things for free because we would never have had that back in the day. And they're like, what, "What did you do in the day? You went to the library?" I was like, "No, your dad taught you, and your dad's dad taught him, and we had a whole bunch of skills, and we don't have those anymore. We we're very specialized. We don't like down here. We went I've to got,
1: college because we needed to know more than them, and we didn't stay. and We played video games on the weekends instead of hanging out." behind uh you know hanging over my like my dad used to say i used to hang over my dad's shoulder when he was working on the vehicle on the truck that's how i knew you that's how i learned to work on trucks and he built his own house that he still lives in that is older than me
0: nice. so
1: i mean <laughs> that's, that's i mean that's the thing but and that's what i'm a i'm a huge proponent of i would love if tomorrow all social media just disappeared i think we would be better for all of us i would save YouTube or stream the what you the type of platform that YouTube is because of what it is it's not a place well depending on where you go there is a lot of construct a lot of constructive use in a video platform where you can teach people things from from how to build a deck how to diagnose what's going what that sound is on your car or maybe an introduction to god maybe an introduction to christ
0: That's, that is, that is so true because I, um, so, uh, I'm not sure if it'll be next week or the week after that. I've got the, um, I've got the owner of a, of a channel called census fidelium. And all he does is he puts on great sermons, great homilies from across the United States and other parts of the world. I gained so much of my formation, like my catechesis mostly came online. You know, it, and it's weird to think that because it should be coming from the church or it should be coming from my the elders in my in my in my church or my community. But I don't I didn't live in that time. A lot of my elders, the, the baby boomer generation, they weren't catechized well either.
1: No, and I think they, that's they, a big problem with our generation is because that they we're seeing the we're, we're seeing the effects of the sixties. We didn't prepare 50s. our kids four going out in the real world and the you know starting with maybe the sexual revolution in the 60s and everything where a lot of, and and go we pushed our kids going into the co- college and academia where all of our beliefs and values were going to be denigrated or told that they're stupid or didn't exist based on lies we didn't they didn't they weren't equipped with the the apologetics to defend themselves and so you have these this apostatizing that comes when well, you and
0: you you took mom out of the you you took mom out of the house and you, you know, you got both parents working. So we're either being babysat by somebody else while we're growing up, or we are like that that parental knowledge being passed down is we don't we're not getting the time with our kids anymore. Uh Matthew asks, What is uh catechesis? Uh so the catechism is kind of like it's our uh instruction manual for how to be a catholic <laughs> um, and so we talk it, it's it's how we break down all facets of the faith and where we, what we believe and how we believe it and you know it's it's been cycled through it's been tested it's been you know it's,
1: it's it, designed... to me i've always pictured it as an extra level of sunday school I, you know it's not you... sunday school but it's 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 like another layer on it or something like that i don't that
0: that's a form of it so to to catechize someone is to teach someone the faith right mm -hmm. and then the catechism so we've got we've got a few different catechisms um, that are in publication that you can anybody can get their hands on a lot of times you can find the the john paul the second one that was published i think in the 90s um it was either the late 80s or the early 90s Uh, you can find that at any goodwill and what's funny is is that you would think that a more modern one would be easier to understand it. It really isn't. It, it really isn't. And actually, the best, cateches, the best catechism you can find is the Catechism of the Council of Trent. And the reason why they put it out, this was right after the Reformation, was to explain all the big concerns or questions that were misgivings about the Catholic faith to priests so they could teach it to their faithful. Because there would be people, that, you know, down here, and again, we're not going to go into like we're we're in our denominations, but right.
1: Well, he asked, of, so I mean, this is what you, this is your perspective, so
0: yeah. So, so for example, down here, um, I have a bit of a mixed feeling when I run into a missionary, right? And the reason why I have a mixed feeling when I run into a missionary is because while it's like I'm happy you're sharing the gospel and and bringing Christ into the lives of people you're converting my people i came here specifically this is one of the most catholic countries in the western hemisphere and it it shows uh, abortion is illegal gay marriage is illegal you can't put your kids on uh, hormone blockers uh, there's there's no uh, euthanasia all this kind of stuff like these these are the things i call a sin of a nation and this country isn't doing them
1: what is this and, based backwater you speak of? I'm telling you,
0: <laughs> man. we we had an our, our election uh, earlier this year. And when the guy won, he came out and his first speech in his first interview afterwards, he said, life begins at conception Marriage is between a man and a woman. A man is a man. A woman is a woman. And we should teach our kids that. And uh, that was, and it was kind of a mic drop, you know, and it was like, That's the kind of things you're not going to hear anywhere else in the world. I love Paraguay. This place is, this is, this is my people. So I do find it a little bit hard when I run into missionaries down here. And again, like I'll have, I'll have a chat. I'm not going to slam the door. Right. But the problem is, is that a lot of times it preys on badly catechized Catholics who don't know their faith and don't have those answers. And we need to have those kind of discussions. Like you and I are in a group with Raf and it's uh, two two papists and a and a dirty, and a dirty prot. Prot. You named it, by the way. You named I did. it. I did. You named I named it. it. <laughs> but it's iron sharpens iron, right? Like you've asked me questions. I've asked you questions. I know you're a man of faith. I, I've come to you for advice. We've come to each other for a bunch of different things, and it's 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 strengthening. I don't see you coming down here trying to pick off a badly catechized Catholic and telling them that the Catholic church is the, you know, the whore of Babylon or something like that, which happens. And so I feel like (laughs) in this regard, for example, when it comes to catechesis, like we're teaching our kids, the Baltimore catechism, which is like something that's been around since I think the turn of the 20th century. And it's simple and it's easy to follow. And it answers your question. It's a question and answer. The whole thing is actually done in a question and answer format. And and so it's all just this question. And here's the answer. This question. And here's the answer. But going back to the catechism, the Council of Trent, I read it and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful because it's completely and totally biblical based. And it, it explains to us why we believe what we believe. And it gives us our reasoning. So even though when I run into somebody who isn't a Catholic, but is a Christian, I can respect where they're coming from and at least have an answer. It might not be one that satisfies them or it might not appeal, but at least I have an answer. And I at least can like point to some sort of group and, and some sort of teaching that's kind of taken on a long, uh, a long preparation time. Unfortunately, again, they messed it up and the modern one is super convoluted and cloudy and word salad and everything since the second. Is it Vatican written by
1: modernists of Vatican too?
0: Yeah, it is, it's and
1: probably a lot of mental gymnastics going it's on on why all we all over
0: the place. <laughs> it's all over the place. That's I'll save that one for another episode. But at what is beautiful about it, though, is that I'm able to teach my kids in this day and age, and you can. It's funny because, um, so we, we're, we're dealing with um, something called uh, well, it, you, people have heard of OCD. And so a person in my family has OCD and they have a form of it called moral OCD, which is a really tough thing for a Catholic because we do confessions and a moral OCD is like you're constant, it's scrupulosity. It's where you're constantly thinking you've sinned or you've lost, you know, like you, that you've lost the graces and you, you're going through it and you're just hyper focused on it. I actually Luther, Martin Luther did suffer from scrupulosity and that's a, that's a documented thing. He wrote about that. It's tough on people. But what's beautiful about the time that we're living in right now is that, in times past, a lot of kids would have to learn about sin and redemption from actual experience of committing those sins themselves. Whereas we're surrounded by so many sinners right now that you can actually learn vicariously through other other people's experiences or, or other uh, like you can. What's nice is like for example they always say, don't shelter your kids. Don't, don't take away all the toys or don't take away. Like I have a, I, I have a soft cap on Disney content in my house. I'm not a big fan of Disney. I don't like a lot of the stuff that they, that they put out, but I don't have a full hard ban on Disney. Cause there's a few good stories in Disney that we can value. And then what I've done is I've worked on trying to train my kids so that Instead of me going up, oh, that's degenerate. Turn it off. They can watch something, know internally, hey, wait a minute, that ain't right, and know why that ain't right, or come to me and ask why they feel like this ain't right, and then we can talk about it and we can learn from it because you can't, you can't put blinders on everything. It's impossible. Right. You can't completely do that with the rest of the. There's just too many. If you you would have to avoid every television pro- program, every movie, every game, everything. It's just it, – it would be darn near impossible. And so it's a better idea is to teach them uh, – to, t- to teach them. I, I like this. I'm just going to click on this one here. Um, my parents did the Jiminy Cricket thing with what you watch.
1: <laughs> it's I – mean, A lot Jiminy of old Disney is pretty good. A lot of some disease. of it
0: is some of it is I'm, I'm not gonna like show my kids like bed knobs and broomsticks or anything like that that glorifies witchcraft that
1: was one of our <laughs> that was one of our things uh, that was one of our family movie nights but we were like
0: i uh, we really liked uh we liked uh, swiss family robinson oh. we like um the actually the original incredibles it's the family oh, yeah. uh, dad dad lies well, and he, he's hiding stuff but the family bands together and he pays the price for it too, you know, so that was
1: more of the, that, that was the great, the struggle between the folks who want to bring people who are naturally talented down. True. And I thought that's, that's a good, a little bit
0: commie. (laughs) That
1: was, that was that early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands when the stuff was creeping up. Yeah. And there was genuine worry about it. And then before it just got, we all just got beat to death into compliance with it. Um, I didn't
0: bother with the sequel. I just saw the trailer. I was like, Nope. I
1: haven't. We canceled our Disney plus subscription. When I saw they had a uh, episode on what was it? It's called Dino ranch, I think. And there were two gay tyrannosaurs
0: saw that. yeah. And
1: I was like, and my kid, my kid liked Dino ranch. And then it comes on. I'm like, no, we're not going to do this. We're not, we're not going to hit the soft. We're not, we're not going to get the subversive messaging to where they sneak this thing in and try to go, oh, well they just want to have a have a kid just like everybody else. Well it's grooming. It's just grooming. It is is what it is. And that was when I you know, and it's it's bad because there's they've bought some good products like Bluey. Bluey's Is it good? Bluey's, Bluey's pretty good. I haven't seen anything questionable about it at all in fact if you're a parent and you're and you catch yourself watching it too closely it'll hit you right in the feels because they do a very good job of like hey your time with your kids is fleeting um so you better p- appreciate the time that you've got and then you're like
0: <laughs> Nirnaith uh asks did you watch the mouse that roared excellent peter sellers i have not seen that one i'll, I'll put it on the list um i we my kids uh they really like the Tuttle twins. Uh, that's something that I think Angel Studios put out, and uh, it's it's more. I mean, it's, it's pretty heavy duty on the like free market capitalism and stuff like that. But <laughs> you know, it's it's got some good humor in it. It's all right. Uh, I put on. I I, I I don't. I never. I never did Disney Plus. I canceled my Netflix a long time ago um what i will do uh, what i do is i actually order dvds of stuff that i've kind of vetted ahead of time and then i put it on plex and it, it, it's not like they get all old stuff i mean we put the super mario brothers movie on there recently Mario brothers
1: was good that, move, was that all movie right. was good there was a lot of worry about you know the the girl power side on it yeah kind of but you know it was, it yeah, was-
0: what's funny is my kids make fun of it like my 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 even my daughter will be like
1: Girl boss, <laughs> yeah, it, it was especially compared to what we got. But my, my son wanted to see it and he had fun because it was Mario. He's very much into the Nintendo more than he is, or, or Pokemon than he is. Right. Um, he's not interested at all in Yu Gi Oh because apparently Yu Gi Oh is lame. Um, <laughs> I, I'm saying that I, I know I know I'm going to get a reaction out of some people in the chat. Well, my Yu kid- Gi Oh stinks, but you know that's that's where he he reads uh, Pokemon manga, right? Okay. he's you know, he's that's where that's where his interests lie. And, you know, but at the and at the same time, while he can stick his nose in a in a uh, in a video game he's or he can or in a book, he's reading, mm-hmm. but he's also putting together models. He's all he loves building stuff.
0: Well, and my son, he's big into the video games, but <laughs> he does talk to his friends a lot about uh about the lore. He likes to go deep on the lore of certain things.
1: Oh yeah, um, man, my son's huge on the lore. Yeah. <laughs> of anything, of anything that he's watching. Like so my, Kirby. My, the, my the son's Kirby.
0: My son's best friend is actually uh, I all the crap I just talked about missionaries. My 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 son's best friend is the son of Protestant missionaries that we met when we were down here. <laughs> and um they're great people, by the way. Just like it's I have mixed feelings about the whole thing. But <laughs> they um they talk all the time and the game that they were playing for a while is that undertale. And like you go online and you try to read about it. And it's like, Oh, it's got good values and this and that. And then like, he starts playing it and he, you know, he, he, there's multiple endings and multiple ways you can go through it. But then he comes back to me and like, he, he, he's now, he, he's starting to notice. He's just, he's starting to notice. Is he a he's a noticer. He, <laughs> he's a noticer. My son notices. Yeah.
1: He's sitting my around. Noticing. Notices.
0: He, he, he knows how to look up an early life, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it's great. Cause like he, he likes to delve into these lores. He watches game theory, he you know, he likes food theory and all these different, different things. And I, I like that. I like that. He's going into it. He, um, he's expressed interest in wanting to learn like music production. Like, so at first learning, like how to play keyboard, but like. One of our friends, one of our, one of the Canadians that we met when we came down here was actually a DJ who's DJed all over the world and different like festivals and stuff. And he teaches how to do sampling and how to do DJ stuff. So we're contemplating getting a little bit of the stuff so that he can learn how to put together, you know, a tune or or a beat or something like that so that he can express uh, his love of different genres of music in a in a I guess a more modern way. But that's uh that that's something we're, we're exploring something we're looking into, but it's interesting. Like, yeah, going back to my son who notices <laughs> boy to <does> he ever <laughs> he, uh, he's got this, he's got this keen eye now because, uh, going he's back probably to probably listens to his
1: dad a lot.
0: Well, probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably <laughs> going back to the Bible, right. You know, um, I think it's in one, the first, first epistle of John. And he talks about testing the spirits, right? So a lot of times, you know, we get gifted things that it's supposed to be really good and heartwarming. And it's like, blah, 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 blah. And then the girl dates another girl at the end. And like my, my kid will watch that and be naturally like it it feels shoehorned in. Like the kids know. Right. The kids know this is like, eh, and they're turned off by it. And so, you know, we will watch. So as a when you were a kid, we we were talking about Disney before. But when I was a kid, the magical world of Disney, I think it was either on Sundays or Saturday nights. It was one of the few times that we would eat kind of near the TV as a as a family and watch something together. And I liked I liked all those old corny disney movies especially when like disney had no money you know movies like condor man or like Herbie oh, the yeah. Love bug and stuff like that like just terrible movies but like i like them like but the charming. apple dumpling
1: gang they were, char-
0: they were charming charming yeah they they had their own they they, they were harmless they were harmless blubber yeah flubber and uh um, uh the, the 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 dog the what was the Oh, the one where oh the not Benji. Turns,
1: was it ben, uh, the shaggy the dog? One where the
0: professor turns into a dog. It's a shaggy uh, dog, right? Shaggy dog. Yeah, shaggy yeah. Dog. That one was one I remember. But the, the the thing is, is that back in the day, we had just like one TV. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not even that old. I'm turning 44 next week. But like it's uh, we, it, I remember the time where we didn't have a remote control and the remote control was like we, we finally got a remote control because it was on the VCR. You
1: were the remote control. I were the remote, remote control. control and we
0: had like five, six at, at one point in time we had cable, but it was like the basic package. So maybe we had just the 13 channels you could click on the dial, but we didn't have any set top box or anything, but we used to watch as a family together. We watched movies together and a lot of the movies, unfortunately like they try to pump in these things or like a Pixar movie will have, it'll have, um, jokes for the parents, like we tried watching Shrek, and I, as much as I liked Shrek the first few times I saw it, you know, watching it with my kids, there was a few times where I'm looking at my wife and we're going, "Yeah, no." Like there's a few of them in there that are just, no, no, I'm not, a, I'm not digging this. I'm not digging this joke. I've, you know, it's a little too it hard. It depends door.
1: on the age of the kid, right? It's yeah. It's when you're good. talking about a
0: six year old, or you know, that's that's a little not happening, right? And so we. But what we found is we found our program. We found the one that we can sit down and watch together. Cause we, tra- on Sunday, we drive two hours to the, to the Capitol just to go to mass and then two hours back. So my, my Sunday is four hours of driving. We stay, we have lunch with people. We try to have, you know, fellowship and all that kind of stuff, but it's a long day. So when we get back, we try to put on a simple dinner or we invite, a- if we're not going into Asuncion, because sometimes our priests are in Argentina, so we have to go to a different ma- mass. Uh, we invite our, our our British friend over who lives like 15, 20 minutes away from here. And like it's great for him and it's great for us because there's not a lot of English speakers around. And it's a good idea to have fellowship and uh, and you know t- friendship growing with local people around you so that you know you can turn to somebody when like, hey, the, the lights went out again. Are, is your power out too? You know, that kind of thing. But the show we've really bonded around is little house on the prairie little house on the prairie is a fantastic show to watch as a family the family gets along the dad is respected the mom is respected the mom respects the dad the mom loves the dad the dad loves the mom the dad would sacrifice himself for the family the mom sacrifices herself for the family too they go into town they they meet with other people there's flawed people in their own family there's flawed people in town they grow, they learn out of it, and it's oh it's a beautiful show. It's one of the best shows that ever was on television. Cannot recommend it enough. And it's well, fantastic to watch with the family.
1: That's what I felt about Duck Dynasty, right? When <laughs> really in an era in an era where you know reality TV was all over the place and all consuming. Here comes an a, a reality show with some folks who said who who put this program together where they made it very obvious what was contrived right the, the all these these different you know schemes that they were getting into they didn't they weren't serious about it right and so that's uh but it was fun to watch because it was it, it was kind of like watching someone why Nick's show is so is so successful because you're watching somebody honestly go through this thing that that's been built up for them to go through and giving their honest and they're just these these guys are just naturally charming Um, and their mom is is hilarious I mean it's just like it's a slice of rural America or or rural slash suburb. and at the end of the end of the night or at the end of the episode they're all together as a family multiple generation or multiple generations brothers and their families with brothers and their families getting around talking about why life, why good things in life are important. What's in what we need to reflect on and praying together and then That's having, beautiful. and then sitting down, breaking bread with each other and having a meal and that family stuck together and they told A&E to begin with, they go, they, you know, Hey, you know, the y'all, y'all need to like, you know, spice up the language. because goes, "Well, we're just not a, we're not a family that curses, and we don't want to display that." A and E went, um, and actually put in bleep lines in their speech to make it sound like they were cursing. And the uh, Robertson family said, "If you do this, we're we're out. If you keep doing this, Good. we're out. We, that's not that's not who we are. That's not how we're going to be portray- portrayed." And then Good. when you know the uh, the the lgbt community came after uh phil because he said you know homosexuality is a sin and he said it in the it's a sin but i'm a sinner yeah. too i still love my my you know i still love my fellow sinners but it's a sin and you you have to recognize that and they came after him and they're like you need to re- he's like i'm not take the show no, away i don't care
0: and that's how I was went.
1: I was successful before this show came here. I'm going to be <laughs> successful afterwards. My kids that's are running based. the show. My kids are running the business. And all you've done is build up our own brand because you had the Duck Dynasty brand, and then you had the Duck Commander brand, which was their their own brand that was separate. And it was selling all – both brands were selling all over the place at Bass Pros and, and Amazon and everywhere. Awesome. And so ultimately A&E had to capitulate. But it Good. was it was several seasons of, you know, just goofy hijinks and and, you know, the boys being boys doing stuff like cleaning the deer that you killed right, right while the school bus drives by, you know, <laughs> and then getting a letter, getting a letter from the HOA because you're still a country guy in a in a multi, <laughs> probably a multimillion dollar house. Beverly
0: Hillbillies. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it is in many ways. It's the Beverly Hillbillies in Louisiana. Right. Cause there's still awesome. yuppie communities, but you know, that was, that was what it was. It was, it was real. It was almost a parody of re- of reality TV and I hate reality TV, but I still, I love tuning in and watching that. When at first I thought it was going to be, Oh, this is just another reality TV show where rednecks are acting dumb. I'm gonna and then I'm like, Oh no, one, cause
0: I haven't watched that one. And you hit me with that uh, um, with them kind of closing each show t- together as a family the 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 core theme i wanted to promote for high trust low context is based on the idea of a high trust society where we can trust one another we can trust our neighbor we can trust our friends and a low context meaning we don't beat around the bush we don't do things just to save face or to look good or to to you know a, a risk or not you know avoid offending people you know, a, a low context communication is direct. It's clear. It's easy to understand. And that, uh, I'm going to check that one out because, uh, I say to my wife all the time, I, I love a good show where I can see, you know, families together. And especially if they're praying, uh, you know, if I, if I, one of the things that, uh, uh, we're going to close up the show here pretty quick, cause it's, it's coming up on 11 o'clock my time here, but The, the, one of the things that I love is as our family, whenever we are out in public, we do it for every meal. It doesn't matter. We say grace before every meal, even if we're at a restaurant or, or in a mall, uh food court doesn't matter. the amount of people that see that and they know deep down, there's something there that maybe they're missing or they should be getting into their, you know, getting into their lives again or doing again. We've had even people down here in Paraguay going like, I haven't seen that in years. And it's like, what you sh- there's no reason for that. You, you should be giving grace to God for, for this food and for this opportunity. And I, I'm going to give grace to God or glory to God. And and thanks to God for my friendship with you, Stu. And thank you very much for, you know, making this time to come and join me. And I really appreciated uh, all your wonderful uh your, your wonderful crew that uh accompanied you along the way here and uh i would really love to have another chat with you again i mean you and mine are on your show whenever you have time we we have that ability
1: oh yeah and you know and i mean you know, i think i've made it clear is like the the door is open for you whenever you've got a topic that you want to come on and discuss with me uh that you want to put out for folks i should
0: rebound on that uh consecration of russia because a lot has happened since I mean, <laughs>
1: we got another endless war going on right now, it feels like it's just, but it's, it's so well, we got like low impact in our, it's just, I know this is a weird one. um, Yeah. Because it's, it's all on television because we don't have really any troops. We're sending stuff over there. There's a lot of flags and profiles and everything. The dog
0: type stuff going on. Like
1: like I said, I had, um, and you were talking about missionaries. We had a, um, more on the Baptist-leaning missionary in Ukraine, um, and that's a very orthodox. I'm very. I, I would be angry if my show was 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 lame too, George. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. You are angry that you you lame, and that you're a fan of the lame show, lame card game. You know, I love that. That only, was all in only caps, good for too, memes. <laughs> 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 only good for memes. But um was oh you know he was and and, you know his family's from ukraine and there's legitimate you know there there, there's legitimate conflict there beyond all the politics and everything they a lot of people forget that this is a very regional thing with a lot of with a lot of opinions of people who are local and in the community there are russians living in ukraine there's ukrainians living in russia there's a lot of family this is this is very similar in (laughs) <laughs> this is very Welcome aboard. <laughs> very <laughs> similar to um, our Civil War, which none of us really are old enough to, to appreciate. We don't have any relatives that are that we ever grew up around who lived through that. Um, but you know, the news and the social media, um, the the news and the social media sphere, they all act like they know what's going on. Yes, I can ask him. What's the uh, question? Do you listen to Sabaton?
0: No. Have I've you ever listened, have
1: you ever heard of Sabaton?
0: No, I've never heard of Sabaton.
1: So it's a very exactly. hard rock um very hard rock um music band, but they sing mm-hmm. uh songs about battles and historical events, normally normally battles and stuff like that. And uh look them up on YouTube and you can listen to some of their stuff. If you're Is this in the something Wrath carnival- would like? Wrath probably this- knows about him. I, I, okay. I'll, we'll, I'll have to ask to see if he has. Um,
0: <laughs> is this part of the? Is this part of your podcast's uh,
1: This is lore. The, this, yeah, this is part of the lore. This is what we ask all of the guests to come on now, and uh, <laughs> and some of them have. I forgot
0: to ask you our question, um, and before we close out, who and what do you trust these days?
1: Um. Well, I trust my wife. Um, I trust, I trust in God, but that's, that's the, that's the easy answer. No, it's, it's,
0: it's, an, a, easy it's, it's an easy answer to say It's a,
1: it can be a bit more difficult in practice. Yeah. Right. But, um, <laughs> um, but, you know, in, in my community, I have, I have deep trust in my friendships and in my wife and, uh, and some, some of my family, right? Folks like my dad, I can trust if I'm, you know, people I can trust that I'm in a bind that are going to come and help me. People that I trust are going to, are going to tell me uh, if I'm, if I'm going off the rails, who can, who can stop me, put their hand on my shoulder and be like, Hey, you know, have you, have you thought about how God might be looking on this?
0: That's Um, a great answer. Yeah, that's a great answer. Those are the right types of people to trust for sure. And uh, yeah, man I Again, I love having you here I'm, I'd am i love to have you back And uh, we got lots of stuff that we can definitely cover On both shows oh, yeah. Both formats And uh, yeah, man uh, I really appreciate you coming on And uh, I want to thank everybody else for joining us Again, like you said, having a live audience Does make the show better
1: It does, everybody but George, though You know, <laughs> you know it, it's, There's and always <laughs>
0: If you did like the show, please uh, tell somebody else about it. Um, give me some time. This is episode two. As most podcasts uh, will say, uh, you you start to get more comfortable around episode six or seven. And then you start to really get in your groove around episode 12, 15, 13, 14, 15. And uh, I'll get there. But uh, I will only get there with the strength of having a, having a community to talk in front of and to kibitz with and to oh yeah. did i just use the word kibitz to to chat with to share with and all that kind of, my my son will notice that one anyways uh i wanted to say thank you to all and uh this has been high trust low context with el chaco viva cristo rey everybody have a good night god bless god bless everybody